Talking Joe is on the air. And it's Skybound, the walking dead guy. Everyone calm down, it's the invisible and Hey, it's me, Mark, and welcome to Void Arrival, the show where we are looking at Skybound's new Void Rival comic. Now, if you're new to the show, you can find out all of the details over at the website. Talkingjoe.co.uk is the website with all of those details. Now, today we are looking at Void Rivals issue one, which was released by Skybound 14th of June 2023 distant future it's the launch pad of the hasbro energon universe and it's the new home of gi joe skybound so looking at this i will not be doing it alone i'll be joined by my co-host as always it's tim finn hello mark and hello listeners and viewers there you are hello tim how are you i am well who's our guest well, today we will be joined by a special guest. You may know him. You may know him from such guides as After Action Report, Volume 1 and Volume 2, uh, a constant by the side of my desk. Uh, it is Josh, After Action Report, Egamine. Hello, everybody. Yo, Joe. Hey, Josh. Uh, good to see you, and this time it looks like you are indoors in a G.I. Joe-themed room. Last time I spoke to you on one of these, you were sitting outside in a park somewhere. Yep, yep. I I, I was unable to be at home at that time, but I'm home now. This is my little setup. You guys can find the Easter eggs that I put in the background. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're excellent. here to talk about Void Rivals. Uh I mean, it's crossover time now. Hasbro's diving deep into crossovers. Absolutely. Let's uh, now. It's a bit of a tradition, I guess, when we have someone new in their GI Joe room. Give us, give us a little bit of uh, uh, highlights of um, of your GI Joe space that you've got uh, there, Josh. So this is uh, just my uh, corner of my place, but uh, and I see I got R two in a little light. I'm just. But I got some uh, <laughs> cool things, you know, from the different publishers. That's Dutch. There's new from France, from France. And then up here, Brian Shear book, Patty's poster, a Marvel Treasury edition, and of course, some Star Wars stuff. And then we have those. This is just one corner. The rest of my house is kind of a mess. But as you can see, I got a bunch of boxes over there. So. When you, make books, when you make books about comics, you have to pull out all the comics and then it take get after a while it kind of gets accumulated where you don't <laughs> put them all back. <laughs> so I just have you know that, that that that's just like a couple boxes. I can't even show you the, the other room. My comic vault is what I call it. But uh I should have been a little more prepared to show you that. But that's just a sampling <laughs> of my life over here with G.I. Joe comics. But uh yeah, volume three is uh, pretty much almost done and going to go to the printer. Command Files, which is a character guidebook, the same thing. We have a Kickstarter going for a, uh, uh, the 
second printing newsstand edition, which are our first volume, which Mark showed earlier, uh, because we almost sold out and there's a bunch of errors. Mm -hmm. And so that's about what's <laughs> happening with after action report books. And we got a bunch more in the future, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about trans transformers and GI Joe and those two franchises, a little small franchises. <laughs> yeah. So, so where to begin? Should we talk about a little bit? So, so last, uh, last week I had a, um, a big deep dive with, uh, Chris McLeod. So me and Chris talked uh, at length about the, the long history of, uh, the journey to Skybound, uh, starting with the rumors that IDW might be losing its license at the end, uh, and when the news broke about that at the, the back end of 2021. So we won't get too much into the detail of how we got to today, but, 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 but yeah, let's maybe just spend a little time, a bit of time about kind of, um, our reaction to, uh, the news as it broke, uh, about the launch of this sort of mysterious, stealth launch of this new Energon universe uh, via Skybound. Um, Tim, why don't you why don't we start with your reaction? A lot of retailers got early insight as to what was happening with uh, secret uh, sort of teleconferences from uh, the head honcho uh, at Skybound. Were you privy to some of that um, in the run-up to, to the launch? No. Um... Once a year, uh, a comic book store near me hosts a Saturday night trivia event for local comic book stores. And because of the pandemic, they hadn't done it in a couple of years. So <clears throat> I'm at the friendly competition a month ago, five weeks ago, six weeks ago. And another store owner says to me, did you get the one in 100 cover for Void Rivals 1? And I said, no. And he said, it's got a transformer on it. I said, what? <laughs> uh, so in Diamond Previews, this big catalog that we get every month, and for many years, you know, stores were ordering from uh, from all the publishers, and Marvel's gone elsewhere, and DC's gone elsewhere. Image is about to go elsewhere. Um, so uh, two months ago, three months ago, I was flipping through previews, and I saw Void Rivals issue one in the image section, and it said, um, the biggest launch of the year, the beginning of uh, a surprise, uh, uh, beginning of a shared universe, the ending you never saw coming. And it's the writer, Robert Kirkman, and the artist, Lorenzo Di Felici, of Oblivion Song, which is another Skybound book that I haven't read. One of my employees has. He says it's great. Um, and I thought, uh, maybe it's connected to that if it's a shared universe. That series ended, so... Maybe it's a big deal that he's sort of continuing it or going back to it, or maybe this connects. It wouldn't be connected to Walking Dead. Maybe it's connected to Invincible. There was that sort of what if uh, Walking Dead in the future story called Rick Grimes 2000, which was which serialized in the, I think it was just the Skybound anthology like two years ago. Um, but it did not occur to me that this was G.I. Joe and Transformers um, because nothing about this cover to me says G.I. Joe Transformers and, you know, certainly the, the, the EU for Energon universe and the Transformers font was not on the cover in the catalog. And so, um, uh, so as a retailer, I'm embarrassed that I missed that. What it, wherever the message was in an email or a, like a, some kind of newsletter that like Skybound was communicating with store owners 
and they and and in the newsletter before the comic came out, Skybound said a Transformer will be in this book or on the one in one hundred variant cover, and this is the beginning of the shared universe. But it's a secret. Don't tell. Um, I I did not get that, and I get four emails a day uh, in my like business email that's separate from the store email from publishers and distributors and writers and artists like hyping upcoming books. And I, I don't subscribe to like the weekly or monthly Skybound uh, email and maybe it was there. Um, so uh, we, and when this other store owner asked me this question at this trivia event at another comic book store, we had missed the final order cutoff. So we could still order copies of regular cover issue one if they were available, even though the book hadn't come out yet, but we could no longer order any of the, the uh, tiered variants. So uh, I missed it. We did order some copies, um, but uh, I missed it. So, um, but I was in that other store owner explaining it to me, uh, you know, the trivia event was about to start and I was sort of flustered and enchanted <laughs> and really embarrassed. Like, wait, what? What did I miss? Am I a terrible, do I not pay attention store owner? Um, but it wasn't entirely clear to me that this was G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh, and it still didn't quite make sense that Kirkman would be doing cre creator-owned characters or characters he created in a Hasbro book. It sort of didn't, um, so... Um, uh, people were talking about it at Joe Fest, and then it sort of didn't fully crystallize until people were saying at Joe Fest, yeah, stores have already been getting their copies early. People have looked at it. It refers to these upcoming books. Uh, Joe Fest was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I got home Sunday night. Right. I mm -hmm. went to the store Tuesday night. We had our shipment already. I took the book home and read it, and I was a very happy kid again. <laughs> With with the reveal and with the uh, the announcement at the end, so that's my very long answer. My my, I saw the solicits when it came out, and it was like talking about the launch of this new universe and, and crossovers, and a very secretive um, um, incentive cover that they wouldn't reveal the image for. And it was a sort of like, could could it be something? Could there be something on that you know that cover that's so secret because it's something to do with um the hasbro universe and i was like that's really audacious uh could <laughs> could it be that um and i i was minded to actually go you know to put it add it onto my pull list just in case <laughs> before the news hit but i was still like sort of 50 50 i mean it's like such an audacious plan i was like could could they really do that? Um, so so I was uh, I was I was very suspicious, but but not not completely uh, not completely kind of there. Uh, Josh, what um, when did you find out, and uh, and and how did you take the uh, the kind of the the reveal when you found out about it? So uh, obviously, just being a collector and not you know, I got a pull list on a, a comic shop that I've had for twenty years in in California, but. You know, there's no Joe coming out, so there's nothing on my pull list. So uh, at Joe Fest with Tim, actually, it just all of a sudden popped up out of nowhere. Everybody's like, did you know this? is it? And of course, as a comic <laughs> guy, it's all filling my email and Facebook and everything. And so then I went right on eBay 
right away and i was looking through all this stuff i was like oh 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 and and the the one in 100 was listed for a hundred dollars buy it now so i hit buy it now right there on the spot at joe fest and it turned out to be it's already worth like two three four hundred dollars so and you know that's this one right here so that's basically oh there we go you know and i got some of the other ones um and uh so I guess I'm one of the lucky ones that got 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 in and on it early on the day it was released. Uh, and the the guy who uh, I bought it from, uh, the cover actually said redacted because uh, they didn't hadn't re released the cover <laughs> image, but he was selling the one in one hundred. And so then after I bought it and they released it, I had to message him and say, "Is it the one with Jetfire on the cover?" And he's like, "Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah." So. So that's basically, you know, and then I bought a bunch more. I went to a bunch of comic shops. Uh, you know, I live in Moab, Utah. So I flew back from Joe Fest. And um, on that Wednesday after Joe Fest is when the comic came out. So I just decided to go visit a bunch of, yep, there's the cover. That's that one in 100. So it, it's it, it's regularly selling for on eBay now for 250 to mm. $300. Um and uh, my guess is those are all going into collections. Those aren't flippers. So they're not coming out. But um, yeah, so then when I got back from Joe Fest, um, I was in Salt Lake City and it was Wednesday. I was like, I'm going to the on a tour of comic shops. And uh, <laughs> all, I went to like five comic shops as I made my way home and I just bought them all. I, I would literally buy out all that they had there. Uh, and, and so I got like, 10 or 15 number ones or whatever i don't know <laughs> so i just bought them all i got a whole bunch of the blank covered ones now and i'm like so i you know but like the, the there was a only a couple of them when i asked them said that they had ordered a uh, hundred most of them missed it i think you know there's obviously some of the bigger shops but i think most small comic shops you know missed the whole one in 100 but uh also, so it's pretty I also, exciting i also think it's worth pointing out um, I think if you are a uh, a collector of like a narrow band of of books, if you only buy Transformers books, or you only buy X Men books, or you only buy a Red Sonia, um, or if right. you're like a GI Joe toy fan who follows the comics sometimes, I think it can I think it can be easy to miss just how many variants there are. And yeah. if you are a collector who pays attention to everything, even if you don't buy everything or if you're a store owner, everyone, let me tell you, we are inundated with covers. So between previews, Marvel previews, and DC has a catalog, which is called DC Connect, which is basically DC previews, um, every single DC comic every month has at least two covers. Most of them have four or five. And when Marvel does a new number one, you know, every year and a half or two years, Marvel relaunches like Amazing Spider-Man or Thor or Hulk, or if there's like a new sort of big deal Star Wars book that's not like a miniseries, Marvel will do 15 or 20 covers. And oh. um, Dynamite has been doing like 20, 30 covers for some of its books. And, you know, like if you paid attention to uh, Ninja Turtles Last Ronin, or Snake Eyes Dead Game, you know, those first issues had mm. cover cover galleries on like the last page and the yeah. inside um, back well, cover. And those had I say that that's an IDW thing. I don't really think cover galleries is any of the other companies, right? Correct, correct. But what I, what I what I'm getting at is that um 
like as a Transformers and GI Joe fan um, who owns a store, yes, I'm I'm a little embarrassed that I, that I missed the boat on this. Um, we don't have any customers who were angry at us or who pre-ordered 100 copies so right. they could buy the one in 100. My store is not a variant store. In fact, kind of the only person at my store who buys variants is this guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was like real American hero uh, for the one in tens. But like, I wasn't doing it with uh, sort of the Transformers books that were running, you know, three years ago, two years ago. Um, and that was because I was buying a lot of, you know, we we're buying a lot of GI Joe, Larry Hama, GI Joe anyway. And so, but like, if you're a store, if you do a ton of eBay or you're, I don't know, like in a city and you have a ton of customers who are collectors who are like Wednesday warriors or who have, you know, 30, <laughs> 50, hundred titles on their pull list, you might be doing a lot of this. Like, yep, we're going to get the, we're going to get a bunch. We're going to get 300 copies so we can get like five of the fifties and three of the one hundreds. And, you know, like DC has a couple times done in the last few years, event books where it's like one in a thousand or one in 1500. And like, wow. And, you know, comics are not $3 anymore. Comics are $4. But actually, if you pay attention right now, like more and more Marvel and DC books are $5. And a first issue will sometimes be six or seven because it's like double sized right. or it has sketchbook pages. Big. And and like, man, I can't I can't take that risk. It's a big investment, definitely. So um, I, I am sort of uh, forgiving isn't quite, I'm understanding that, I think that Josh, to your observation, that looks like a lot of stores missed out on the one in 100 because the publishers have been sort of training us to uh, skip a lot of these variants because they're just too many. Right. And can I touch on a point that you made earlier, Tim? And this is, this is a two-part question. Um, one, did your store have enough uh, copies of this comic, it being a, a number one, uh, a number one from Kirkman, which would you know be a relatively popular uh, comic anyway. Uh, and two, had you known, would you have ordered a lot more? Um, yes, we had enough. Um, to uh, we would have ordered more, not a ton more. Um. My my store is more of a graphic novel store and less of a single issue store. So we do have a new issue, a new you know this week section, uh, and we do have subscribers. But um, we sell more graphic novels than we do new issues. We're we're really a bookstore, and it, you know it's a comic book store. We have issues, we have back issues, we sell bags and boards, but um, you know sixty percent of the store is graphic novels and. 25% of the store is, is issues. And, um, and, uh, I don't know that I would have gotten the one in 100 for myself because I am a big transformers fan. Um, but this isn't a transformers book yet. This isn't a transformers number one. Um, if this was, uh, some, if this was somehow real American hero 301, Probably. Certainly the 50. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about the 100. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, we we sort of touched on the on the massive amount of covers, so so I feel that it's a good segue to to get start looking at the uh, the cover gallery. So uh, let's get into. Let's it. have a look at the covers in the gallery. So uh, we've got a kind of cheat sheet, which was the. Uh, I guess this is the inside front cover, right? Uh, it gives us yes. a view of some of the uh, covers uh, for for the book. Um, not a huge amount of detail on those covers. We don't get a cover gallery, unfortunately, unlike um, IDW would give us. Um, and I think I counted off from memory 11 or so covers on uh, on this list. So that's kind of the the beginning of the, the scavenger hunt. And... Um, so, so Josh, uh, you're you're the variant cover guy. Um, you, you, Just call you're... me completist. I'm a completist, <laughs> and if it has GI Joe in it, I have to get everything. So, which is why I've written books about it because I already had a lot of it. But like, this is a perfect example of like, yeah, it's the beginning. It doesn't actually have any GI Joe, but it does have GI Joe in the back. It's the beginning, so it falls into my category. I have to get every cover, and you know, that's the that that's the fun. Um, that's for me. That's really the fun of collecting is to try to get them all. Does my wallet like me? No, it hates me. But the collector <laughs> in me loves me. Is like go get them. So, but so, again. Yeah. You know, like sometimes it pays off, you know, you get these comics for a hundred dollars and now it's a $300 comic. You know what I mean? So there is a huge value to it already <laughs> regarding the inside cover there. Right. So like, I think what they just did was they just kind of listed from the top to the bottom of like a down to like covering the exclusives. So some of the names at the bottom are the exclusive, the retailer exclusives that they have. Um, and I, uh, I, I made my own list and I think at the, uh, the Daniel Warren Johnson one, that's the one in 100 with Mike Spicer. And then everything after yeah, that right. is, is an exclusive. And then after the, the Matthew Roberts one, and I guess the L one has not been released. You were just showing it uh, to me earlier. I hadn't found that one, but then there's a, one, two, three, four, five, six, including second prints that have been announced. So there's six more covers that aren't even listed there, but they're mostly like virgins and sketches and, you know, second prints and stuff like that. I have, I have several of them already. Uh, Josh, uh, you've got some of the, uh, some of your um, collection uh, alongside you. So, so we'll go through the, 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 the images that I found and you can uh, tell me whether you've been able to uh, locate them uh, in person yet okay. or not. So here's here, here's the easy one. It's uh, it's cover A, <laughs> uh, the standard uh, the standard issue. And I think we've got a spoiler already that you said you just went you cleared out all of the local shops uh, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah i think i got like maybe you've probably got a big part of this somewhere cover A's. i just went crazy i was like oh, uh, whatever you know buy them all so this is drawn uh and colored apparently by lorenzo de felici who's the series artist of void rivals and who wrote and drew a mini series this year for skybound called chroma that's spelled with a k that was three issues and the book has come out uh, and now he's on to this shared universe book. So I'm Always good to have, uh, yeah, 
it's uh, it's great as well. Um, you got your interior artist as uh, as being um, as being the cover A artist as well. So so yeah. I think that's uh, a nice think- thing to 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 see. Old fashioned and proper. Uh, now we've got uh, thing on from that. This might not be the B, but. Uh, thematically, I feel it, it follows on. This is the, the Virgin variant of uh, cover A. It, I, I just have a printout, but I have ordered it. So it's probably... I'm calling that uh-huh. one cover, cover P. Because, <laughs> you know, like... This, <laughs> you have to... As a collector and as an author of books, you know, you have to give them a, a, a designation. And if the company doesn't do it itself, it's like, you got to do it your own. Are you so, guys sure that this is actually going to be published? And that, then that isn't just yeah. an image that was online without the well, logo. I believe I, I ordered it online. I paid for it. Okay. Uh, I, I don't some see guy in the... Ireland had them. So I, I don't know. Is okay. M- maybe this is a retailer exclusive. Cause I do not see it available on the diamond website. Yeah. I think it's in a, a retailer. Yeah, a chunk, yeah, yeah, a chunk of the a th- chunk of these are re- retailer. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. Again, so it, what have it, I got up next? I think this. On the, oh, on the on the list on the inside cover, everything after the the uh, Daniel Warren Johnson one would be retailer exclusives of some form. Right. Okay. One other thing is that I know we're going to get to so, it, but the blank cover on the right, screen now I've got is a, okay has the front issue so so the if you get a blank one it has a card card stock cover and then it is number one or yeah, eight, the, cover the, eight. Bl- the blank cover is not a restricted ratio variant the blank nope. cover was open to order so stores could order as many as they wanted without doing anything else okay but it, like i said it does have cover it does have cover A on the inside. Is 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 part of why this is novel when we've gotten blank covers from like IDW for GI Joe in the last couple of years? Is is it just the blank cover and there is no additional cover? That's the yeah, point you're yeah. making. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like this is literally cardstock. I don't know. Uh, you, you you can see maybe the difference a little bit. I don't know how much because the they know it's gonna. But they know it's gonna take ink. Yeah. And it's just blank on the back. All right, back to you, Mark. Uh, the next one I stuck up on the screen is a black and white variant of the uh, the cover A. Yes, I've I have found it. It arrived, and I'm calling it <laughs> we go. cover Q. I believe this one was like sixteen dollars. Um, I forget the company. <laughs> Think up next. This is probably the cover B. Yes, this is uh, cover the B. official cover yeah. B. This is uh, drawn and colored by Ethan Young. No, I'm not familiar with his work, but a lot of these covers, as you as we go through them, you'll see that um, they're quite similar in a lot of ways. There's a lot of crossover, and I don't think the artists necessarily had a huge amount to go on. I think they had like the uh, like the design of the main characters yeah. and a few preview pictures. So, so you're kind of getting very similar things, like you know, ca- the two main characters on a rock they're fighting there's a space background um and and i guess everything else is like what else can i give you know make up within those confines i'm gonna jump back in ethan young um 
uh, wrote and drew a graphic novel called Nanjing, The Burning City, which now that I see the title, I remember we have carried at my store. And I remember it looks great. Uh, it's from 2015 or 2016. Um, Ethan Young's done other graphic novels. He's done uh, variant covers for uh, all the publishers that we talk about. Uh, and he was a character designer on Spider-Man Freshman Year, uh, which is that cartoon that has uh, has it has yet to show up in Disney Plus, but was announced a couple of years ago. Uh, next up, I think it's just the variant, uh, the the Virgin variant of that same cover, and uh, we've got a printout again from from Josh. So that means oh. Josh that you've ordered it, but it's not on on found you yet. So yeah, I, I just ordered it the other day, and I'm calling it Cover N. And I ordered it from a place called Rabbit Comics. Never heard of it. Uh, I don't know if it's their exclusive or not, but <laughs> I, I was able to get it from there, and it's on the way. And you know, it's all confirmed, saying, "Hey, it's coming." That's oh. my handwriting up there in the top corner. Rabbit Comics. Yep. That's where I got it. Unblemished by the the logo. So this next one, um, I believe, is Cover C. This is the Mate Matteo Scalera and Moreno Dinicio. Is it Black Science he's famous for? Yeah. Uh, and also some um, uh, did some Secret Avengers at Marvel. Yes, that what? is a one in, ten. one in ten. That one is easy to find. I think I got, I think uh, uh, almost every uh, shop that I went to when I did my scavenger hunt on the Wednesday when they arrived had it. So I, I have like 10, like four or five of them now. Another little point I want to make about uh, variants is that um, mm. even though uh, even though I don't like playing the variant game as a store owner, um, IDW has always made it a little easier and a little more fun because variants were free once you qualified. So if I ordered 10 copies of GI Joe and I could get one copy of a one in 10 variant cover, I would order it. I'd have to put one as a quantity and, and add it to my shopping cart, but its price was $0 and zero cents. Whereas all the other publishers, uh, if you order 10 copies, you have to buy the variant and you're still buying it for like half price uh, as wholesale. And this is a very small sort of detail if you're ordering hundreds and hundreds of comics and getting a couple of variants. But I always felt that IDW, even though I don't like the variant game, was sort of making it, was in the spirit of things, right? It's like, here's your reward for buying too many copies of this comic. You get the comic for free. Uh, <laughs> all right, back, back, back to you guys. Well, the thing I think with variant covers is that, you know, okay. in the future, when, when, when they don't put any information inside the comic, about an alternate cover then you're forced to go to you know websites and all these other things and like you, you you really can't figure out how many covers there are per issue if it's not labeled on the inside so marvel and dc make it you know like that where there it's not there so you're like how do i find this well i gotta go to some other website and a lot of times like even when i've gone to like marvel's website like they don't even always have the exclusive variants from retailer exclusives listed on there and i'm like well how do you find these you know what i mean so then it becomes internet search you know madness all right what's what's the next cover mark next up on the scavenger hunt is i believe that we're now on d so uh this must be karen s darbo 
Yeah, uh, Karen Darbo. Uh, if you're all and reading Josh Marvel comics, has found that one as well. So Th- this is the one in one twenty-five. Uh, Karen Darbo just drew a uh, six-issue, five-issue um, miniseries for Marvel called Bloodline: Daughter of Blade. Uh, so she has worked for other publishers, comma I think, uh, but uh, most recently. Uh, made did a big thing at Marvel. All right, next one, right? One okay, and one next one. So this is the Jim Chung and David, sorry, Ray David Ramos. And I, ha- I have seen a black and white version of that, but I think it is just the original art that uh, Jim Chung really? has posted to his Instagram. So, so I don't think it's a variant cover, the black and white, uh, but who knows? <laughs> there might be one out there eventually, but... Uh, uh, this is this is where I, I got that insight because he he um, posted that he'd basically only seen the d- designs and some of the pages from the interior and and sort of used that to to come up with his uh, his idea for this this cover. So again, featuring the two main uh, uh, protagonist slash antagonist <laughs> question mark. Um, and this the, is so, one. So you got 15. that one. Excellent stuff. The yeah, one, this is this the is one, one we've already three, talked about. Maybe. The one and one. Okay, one, now the here's the with, dun, 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 dun. with Jetfire on the cover. Dun, dun, so. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Daniel Warren Don, Johnson and Mike Spicer. This was the one that we did. We that, yeah, Josh had to buy blind and was the the big reveal uh, with uh, Dan uh, Daniel Warrell, uh, Warren Johnson, of course, being the artist on the upcoming. Transformers, so that's the right, writer artist uh, piece writer to artist. the Transformer on the cover. He also writer artist, of course, and he also did this piece of art here, uh, which uh, was featured on the retailer poster, uh, which uh, sort of teased the Energon universe. Oh, here's here's a question, Josh. Did you did you somehow get hold of the? Uh, retailer poster yes i bought one 25 bucks <laughs> yeah it's big too it's a full-size poster <laughs> I, w- I was much bigger well than i thought it would be so yeah you know it was just like all right well mm, I- i'm I s- all in I assume so, yeah, small. so let, let, let me let me get the poster too. <laughs> <laughs> <All> in. <laughs> sometimes being a completist sucks <laughs> but it is fun. okay yeah Excellent. so that one's the stuff uh, so that next one, up here's what? here's one you don't have. No, tell yeah, this you... this was one. It was shared on Instagram. One of Alex Rigel's uh, sort of publishers because he had does his own book, I think. So so one of his um, someone that he works with uh, shared that, and uh, I understand that that might be something that that comes out at uh, SDCC. So uh, look for it maybe. Yeah, later on that's one, that month. was the my. I have a big question mark on that one, so I hadn't been able to find that one. According to the list, the next uh, one is Maria Wolf and Mike Spicer, and, and yeah, there you go. That so that that's that this the one? next one. That's the Virgin cover, and then there's one with the logo. So that this is just a printout of both of them. So you get the logo on the bottom, and then you get the Virgin, and then the okay. next and one. And then I the next the next one, one on the le- list is. Tr- yes. Trevong. This one I found at a couple different retailers, so I'm not sure which one it was, but they're they're pretty easy to find, I think, when you okay. just know the author, because that's how I did a lot of these searches to find these. I just 
the or the cover artist. I type the cover artist in and Void Rivals. I mean, it's, at this point now, there's hardly anything else out there other than these. So that that's the key <laughs> searches to find these. Yeah. And then, you know, it takes you to – they are on eBay too, but I find if you go right to the, the actual vendor, they're cheaper, maybe by 5 to $10. And they look like you got this one too. Yep. Is this – is this uh, Matthew Roberts? Do you think? See, I, I no, I labeled it as H. No, it's Anson Lynn. It's right after right. the one in one hundred. So this one, I, like I called it letter H. Okay, but uh, okay. Um, Ainsworth Lynn. Ainsworth Lynn, okay. yeah, and that was a retailer exclusive. Also, I, I think I got this one just on eBay. It was pretty easy to find. And uh, and here we go. What's this? Uh, this next one we've yeah. got. Uh, oh, this uh, one is a bit out there, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, that that one I ordered from Eastside Comics has not arrived yet. Uh, and uh, I don't know if we, that's Matthew oh, Roberts. That yeah, one. this is the Matthew Roberts one. Yeah, I wrote on the back Matthew Roberts. So that's the last one listed on on I'm in on... the inside interior page. I don't know. And if then talking uh, about... I've got onto the second uh, printing. Oh, second print. Okay. Yeah, there's two of those. So this and I first believe... one is second printing. Jace. Jason Howard. I, I I believe they said those are going to be released in July, probably July. around the time the second issue number two comes out. So July July twelfth. July twelfth. Okay, great. I I have to say <laughs> so this 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 second printing of issue one cover, uh, by the artist Mars Junior, uh, and uh, what's th this is a this is a pastiche. This is a take on what's the children's book? There's a monster in my book, or there's a monster at the end Sesame, of my book. Looks like a Sesame Street thing, right? I think this is a really good drawing and a really fun cover and a really funny joke because he's in front of this sign that's sort of making fun of or poking at the fact that there was this big reveal uh, in this comic. But I don't think <laughs> that this cover properly sells this comic because this cover looks like a kid's book and uh you know josh is right it looks like looks like sesame street and this is a you know void rivals may be like rated pg and not pg-13 but it's a like serious and fun sci-fi book and i think if this book were like five years old or 10 years old and you wanted to do a cover that like looks like Dr. Seuss drew it or looks like like a Disney movie poster. You know, it's like uh, Jetfire and the two main characters on Pride Rock drawn like it's the Lion King. Like that's fine because everyone by then, five years later, 10 years later, knows what Void Rivals is. I think the fact that this book has been out on the stands for a week and in some places is sold out as a store owner, I do not want to order this uh, second second print cover because it's not at all what the book looks like on the inside. And I think it, it will turn people off. And I think it might attract the wrong people. Like maybe a parent and a kid mm. wanders over to the new comics rack and they see whatever that word is up, up top, avoid rivals. It's like not a thing that we know what it is. Right. And then there's this like delightful sort of children's book uh, handwriting and this robot and he's being whimsical. And that's not what this comic is. So that's a great drawing. Uh, too, way too early for this kind of cover. Well, I mean, this is just the you know to get the Transformers yeah, fans to buy uh, more comics. You know, I mean, you put a Transformer on the cover, Transformers fans are going to buy it. 
you know so i that that that's the you know the thing and you can kind of ling- linger on that point as well that um this is now the se- second printing the the mystery has been revealed we know that this is the, now the energy on universe featuring transformers so they can go all in uh yeah. with the uh, transformers know. as a solo character on the cover we know because we are crazy nerds but <laughs> you would imagine a comic book store with one right. employee in the front and like the big new comics rack on the side or in the back and like a parent goes to the back or a kid goes to the back and they see this and again this is a cool drawing this does not sell the inside of the book and I don't think that's good. I'm going to use a big term here. I don't think that's good brand management. So I like this cover. I don't think this cover is a good cover for this comic at this time. I think, I, I, I think the, the <laughs> one thing In your grand scavenger we... hunt, Josh, is there anything that I've not... Yeah. So I don't think we covered this one. This one I have in hand, right? It's in, so it's the cover was at the cover B um, that we were calling cover B. Uh, it's just a sketch. And like I said, I got this one in hand. I, I think I, I don't understand quite how the exclusives covers do this where they don't. I guess they don't want to. Sometimes they have it on the back, but on the back, it doesn't have anything marking it as an exclusive. Sometimes the back covers can have exclusives. You know, it'll be like the logo of the company or something like that. And I didn't see that on any of them. Uh, uh, so they just left the, the back cover as the same. All right. So that's all that I've found um, so far. It's, awesome. it's been fun. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to keep arriving for the next week or two, I think. <laughs> there they all are. <laughs> well, at, at the minimum, you can, you can identify each cover by the artist's last name. That's true, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you're trying to find these covers. Like, you know, I think in the future, they're going to be very difficult to find, a lot of them. Especially if they've only printed a thousand and they're at some, you know, comic shop that maybe closes down, you know, like where do all those go? You know, I, I, you know, for volume three of the after action report for IDW, it was a huge challenge dealing with all the variants way more than the other ones. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, with, with comics in general, printing less covers and more variants and things like that. Like, it's definitely going to be a challenge as a collector in the future. I feel sorry for them. But again, maybe websites can solve this problem. Yeah, let's talk about the insights. And hopefully for issue two, the num- hopefully for, the number- for issue two, the number of covers will calm down slightly because I do worry for Josh's wallet. Uh, oh, yeah, so my wallet. <laughs> we shall me. see. Totally hates me. Totally um, hates me. Right. Tim, uh, who are the people uh, behind this book? Robert Kirkman's the writer. Lorenzo Del Felici is the artist. Mateus Lopez is the colorist. And Russ Wooten is letterer. Uh, editor, Bixie Matthew, uh, Andre Suarez, logo and publication design. And Jillian Crabb, production. Plot breakdown. Darak is a masked Agorian pilot who crash lands his ship on a planet in an uncharted quadrant following a confrontation with a Zertonian ship. His robotic hand assistant, Handroid, breaks him free and is able to revive him from his unconscious state. He encounters Celia, the pilot of the Zertonian ship, and they fight to a standstill, but Darek spares his opponent, which is something that is against the laws of his people. 
They decide to work together to use the wreckage of their two destroyed ships to make one working ship. But disaster strikes, and the ship explodes. All seems lost, until they happen upon a mysterious craft. But when they attempt to power it up, it transforms into a giant robot, the Cybertronian scientist Jetfire. He deduces that he's been stranded for millions of years, whereupon he transforms and flies away. Destination. Home. Cybertron. Darak is inspired by the transformation to try to use their own armour to repair the ships. They both take their helmets off, breaking a sacred decree. And when they take off their helmets, they see that they are the same race, yellow-skinned, with jewels in their foreheads. Darak says mysteriously, We're the same? Just like my vision? Where to that begin? That was awesome, uh, Mark. That was awesome. <laughs> that really thumbs it up. Definitely very well. Thank you. I guess, objectively, Transformers, Energon Universe uh, aside, um, what did you think of this comic? I mean, plots, art, colours, paper quality, even, Tim. Uh, as, as a thing unto itself, without, without the prospect of a wider uh, crossover, uh, what did you think? I thought this was a good first issue um, where there was a Transformers surprise and the Kirkman letter at the end and the ads at the end with the larger reveal. I thought it was a great comic, but I am completely biased. Uh, I thought it was a good introduction to two new characters. Uh, my favorite parts of it are uh, the color. Color is really nice, right? Notice how much pink there is in the first three pages. And then... Uh, and then the pink gets darker and then the scene where they find him is all yellow. And then after he transforms, there's a lot of um, blue and purple. Um, so uh, the color is really well done and compelling, uh, but keeps changing somewhat scene by scene. Favorite part of this was the visual storytelling uh, on pages two and three, where, uh, how do you say his name? Derek? Derek? I think it's Derek. Because it's, it's D-A-R-A-K, so it wouldn't, okay. it's all A's, I think. All right, so he's unconscious, and uh, his handroid, which is a funny pun, right, which I, I don't know that I've seen that in a story before, although I'm sure some people have <laughs> thought of that in the last, you know, 100 years. Um, uh, page two, it's dragging him, and he's not conscious. And that's a really great visual. And it's it's told without dialogue explaining it or narration explaining it. And then the gag on the third page where it pushes the button for the first aid kit, the first aid kit launches and it says drat. And then it has to drag him back in the other direction. And there's this curve <laughs> uh, in order for it to open up the first aid kit and um, shoot the guy with, with the medicine. Uh, that was really fun and uh, really funny. Um, uh, uh, I thought all the sound effects were um, uh, uh, gorgeous and fun. And um, uh, I thought the introduction of this conflict with these two characters uh, was well done. So my overall review of this is that it's one part Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples saga because it's a forbidden relationship between a man and a woman from two opposite sides of a war. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I know that there's 
plenty that's very different about Saga and plenty we don't know about Void Rivals. And one part, um, 1984 Transformers episode, uh, Fire in the Sky, which introduces Jetfire when uh, the Decepticons find him on Earth, uh, crashed in the ice of the Arctic, um, unconscious, and they free him, and he has lost all of this time since he and Starscream left Cybertron millions of years ago before the Autobots and Decepticons came to Earth, and they were separated, and he got stuck on Earth unconscious. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's on purpose. It seems like Kirkman is enough of a Transformers fan and is certainly the right age that he would have seen that episode in the fall of 1984, as I did. Uh, and that was the episode I most wanted to rent over and over on VHS at our video <laughs> rental store. So that's a fun visual you just put up there. Um, what I didn't realize for, I think, a year is that either someone lost the tape or someone broke the tape and they weren't replacing it because every few weeks, every few months, I'd go to the kids section and this episode was always checked out. They had the empty box, but not like their clamshell with the actual tape. And I just I just couldn't get it. I just couldn't get it. And that the episode ends on a sad note. It's a really good episode of Transformers. And uh, and it's then undone a couple episodes later. <sighs> but um, <laughs> uh, I love this episode so much that I bought the original artwork that you're looking at right now. What? For Damn. Both the, for, nice. both, for both the front and the back cover. Uh, and it's framed in my hallway. And every <laughs> so often in my hallway, I just look up at it and I do the dialogue. <laughs> I like read the comic out loud to myself because it, you know it's like a four panel comic strip that summarizes this, the back of the VHS box that summarizes uh, the first like 10 minutes of the episode. Um, well, that's hilarious. So, uh, it, this is one of my favorite episodes of Transformers. Um, and I appreciate that Kirkman is separate from the whole surprise of this comic and the variance and the, the mystery. Um, he doesn't have the, they don't crash land on Cybertron. Optimus Prime and Megatron don't show up, right? It's a, it's a, it's not one of the top tier characters here and he's not here for very long. So it is a tease. So mm. that is my reaction uh, to this comic. Uh, Josh, what is your reaction to this comic? So the the when after first reading it, I was like, man, there's two huge reveals in this book. Uh, you know, the first being Jetfire, which you uh, you obviously covered really well, and then the second one is like, okay, he creates these two characters, and then at the end, they take their helmets off, and they're the same character. So it's like, you know. And they have this little jewel in the middle of their head and they're yellow and everything like that. And so it's like, I was like, wow, that's a pretty clever twist for the end of a first issue that the, you know, any throughout the kind of the first few pages, he spent a lot of time really talking about like how these two worlds are connected, but and then at war and then, you know, they have all these traditions and, and, and then at the end there, by the end of the first issue, they're kind of like both, trapped and throwing out their tradition and now you know maybe they're friends and who knows i don't know but like i thought that was really <laughs> really clever to to toss in you know jet fire out of nowhere and then for the two characters that are the whole point of the story and setting up a universe and a world you set up that they're both 
both of them are from different worlds and they don't really like each other and they have these traditions and yet they're both willing to throw out their traditions to save their own lives. And the guy just seems to like not really care about the traditions in a lot of his dialogue. He's kind of like, you know, well, I don't care. You know, I want to live. I want to live. I don't want to die here. You know, and the girl's like, well, whatever. I don't want to, <laughs> I want to follow their traditions and I don't want to do this. But then he convinces her and keeps her alive and she saves him. And I thought that was pretty clever. I mean, again, you know, how do you set up a, a world, a shared universe with two massive franchises. And now Kirkman is creating his own franchise. So it's like three franchises. How do you do that? Well, I guess you just start with two characters. That's kind of what I came out of it thinking. And I, I, I when, when at the end, when they took their helmets off and I was like, wow, that's really cool. I, I was really quite surprised about that. I mean, I'm never very typical, you know, I don't, I'm not critical of colors and artwork. I mean, I got thousands and thousands of G.I. Joe comic books and I hardly ever make comments on them because I'm usually more about the story. I like the story and more than the artwork and stuff like that. But um, that, that that's pretty much wraps it up for me. What I thought, like the, the two, the double reveals. And then, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, who knows how long Void Rivals is actually going to run. I mean, I, the majority of people are going to want to buy the Transformers and G.I. Joe comics. So, you know, is, is it going to yeah. be running for a long time? Maybe is, maybe not. Is that, okay, Josh, that's an interesting assumption. The majority of people, certainly the majority of G.I. Joe and Transformers fans, but if you compare the sales of some of Kirkman's previous comics from the last 10 years, like Walking Dead or... Uh, Invincible. Invincible or... Um, Oblivion uh, Ring. Thank you, Oblivion Song. Song. Uh, those may, I think those were selling better than G.I. Joe and Transformers comics. So I, I, I take your point that Void Rivals may be sort of the kickoff of something and it may end. And then Kirkman does like a mini series about one of the two planets or like Derek yeah. or Dirac or the other character. Um, but, so Salula, but, I think her name is something like that. But look at her name is Salula. <laughs> look at Kirk. Look at Kirkman's track record. How many right. issues did Invincible run? How many issues did Walking Dead run? Uh, I mean, Outcast and uh, Oblivion Song didn't run as long as those books. But you know, I don't think Void Rivals is here for six or twelve issues. I think it's here for you know at least mm. twenty or twenty-five. Of course, it all depends on. You know, I think. There's there's a there's an interesting thing going on here as well because you know he's got these big licenses he's got GI Joe he's got Transformers but what does he launch first Void Rivals so this right. new component so it's he's introducing something brand new here and as Transformers fans as uh, GI Joe fans uh, and also as Kirkman fans they're more likely to to buy this series to get in on the ground floor because transformers and gi joe aren't available yet so we're getting this because it's what we've got <laughs> and it's the beginning of things um and and you know if if it's good and we enjoy it and we like it then um we're like more likely to keep on buying it um as an ongoing series and and i think the gi joe transformers sort of readership is quite often the readers that will just buy gi joe or just buy transformers and by introducing us to this new property, we're maybe broadening the the, the standard yeah. readership into into something uh, brand new. 
So, so what was interesting about the the weekend that Void Rivals appeared as a crossover is also the same weekend that Transformers: Rise of the Beast came out with GI Joe. Spoiler alert! At the very end, with you know a card and everything, and also in, in the very next weekend, the uh, Renegade Games released a whole crossover books that you can use for playing the games between their Transformers, Power Rangers, and GI Joe games. So clearly, Hasbro has authorized and pushed the gas pedal on crossovers. Uh, and there's, with all, you know, there's more. There's at, yeah. the, at the three and three quarter scale, all we're getting yeah. at the mo- the most recent releases have been GI Joe Transformers crossovers, right. and, and even at classified scale, uh, they're leaking in into the narrative this this idea of dark energon they they call it. So we're beginning to get seeds of Transformers even in the classified. So right. across and, the pitch, and, it's GI Joe and, and Transformers. Exactly, and I think you know, uh, there's a lot of people who are all like. Oh, G.I. Joe is just fine. Classified is sold a lot, but it's still just to us, to us, the collectors, the 50 year old guys with gray hair and cargo shorts. Right. <laughs> That's the main main audience for G.I. Joe. But like these books will totally and the, the in the movies will will introduce beyond what the, the feature length movies have done to, you know, a new audience. Is that going to translate into more toy sales and new fans? I think a few. Yeah. But like by Hasbro investing like in this massive crossover over all kinds of things, right? They're not they're not all connected. I mean, Void Rivals and the Renegade games and the movie are all different universes, but they're still crossing over and they did it all at the same time. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that's really Hasbro's approach to help maybe save G.I. Joe, bring in new fans. We always talk about how, oh, there's this new thing that's going to bring in new fans and it never brings in new fans. But now they're, you know, very likely could be. They'll be like, I'm going to read this book and, oh, I like G.I. Joe because they never read G.I. Joe before. Or I see him in the movies and they're kicking ass with Transformers. So I think that's really where, what Hasbro has consciously done. I mean, like, you know, whether we like it or not, that's our new world as Joe fans. I have uh, resisted this for a long time because I don't think G.I. Joe works as well when it's in a world with giant shape-shifting robots, autonomous intelligence for another planet where you have (laughs) spaceships and space bridges. I think think it doesn't work for G.I. Joe because G.I. Joe is, is pretty grounded, right? You have like soldiers and tanks and tanks that you know, run out of gas or, you know, like planes that have to traverse a great distance. And there's a little bit of a shorthand that you get when you have, you know, it's like Joe or Cobra may need to get from point A to point B. And it's like, well, we don't have enough fuel. And as soon as you have like Jetfire walk onto the, onto the panel, he may be low on Energon, but it just suddenly feels very easy for him to do that. You know, he can take one step and that's a literally take one step with his legs. And, you know, that's five or 10 steps for Joe. And so I don't think they work together. Um, I think GI Joe is strong enough to work on its own. That said, GI Joe is, is a diminished brand compared to where it was 10 years ago, 40 years ago. And if this is what 
sort of we need or GI Joe needs now to get a leg up, I accept it, particularly since I think it will be well done. Uh, I don't know about the live action movies because I don't trust Lorenzo Di Bonaventura to make. Oh, I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him to make good Transformers <laughs> movies or. And I worked on movies. the very first movie, Rise of Cobras, so I, I actually met him in person. But uh, oh, wow. uh, uh, that's a whole other story. Um, but the thing that I was thinking would be cool with Void Rivals is is if they just had GI Joe as Star Brigade, right? Just have GI Joe in space. Screw being on Earth and the military aspect. Just have them be astronauts. That are, you know, huh. you know, Duke and Roblox, they're already a bunch of toys, and there's a fair amount of comic history there already. Just make them Star Brigade. That's great. Right. Yeah. Because uh, if, if, if the Lunar Tricks uh, 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 Empire shows up, it's like, no, we're already on an alien planet. So, yes. Right. But, you know, if Hasbro were to say to Hama right now, or if the editor at Skybound were to say to Hama right now, like, okay, in a couple issues in Real American Hero, do Star Brigade, right? I'm sure right. he would do a good job. That's not quite the story I want to read. So uh, that's a great point, Josh. Yeah, it, it could well happen uh, eventually. There was there's some interesting quotes from Kirkman when he's been describing you know his vision for the for the universe, and one of them is about uh, how will the different books cross over. And he said, "Well, Void Rivals takes place in deep space, so there so a lot of the references are going to be Transformers related. There's not a lot of GI Joe characters that are exploring the cosmos." Um, Daniel Warren Johnson's Transformers book is very much an Earth-based book, so you'll start to see how the G.I. Joe books will unfold from that. It's kind of Void Rivals leads to Transformers, Transformers leads to G.I. Joe. We also want to maintain the integrity of G.I. Joe's. It's never going to feel just like a Transformers spin-off or offshoot or anything like that. We love G.I. Joe as much as we love Transformers. We're definitely going to give it its moment to shine. As this universe unfolds, you'll see how it all makes sense and how we're integrating all of these characters together. Um, and they said, That's he cool. says as I... well, that there'll, there'll be other plans for G.I. Joe Transformers, uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers that don't involve the Energon universe. So without any of the crossover happening at all. So uh, there'll be all sorts of um, flavors and um, Kirkman also describes, uh, this is now ING interview, he was asked, is it the heart of the Energon universe or just the way in? And he says, it's just the way in. Uh, we're designing things that Void Rivals leads to Transformers and leads to G.I. Joe, but each book is going to be its own separate thing. Uh, the G.I. Joe line of books will be more in connect interconnected. There'll be elements of G.I. Joe appearing in Transformers, elements of Transformers appearing in Void rivals and it's possible that at some point in the far future all of these things will get together in a cool way so it's like sort of seeding these ideas between books and then you know much as we're seeing with the marvel universe and the star wars universe as well i imagine there'll be you know everything will eventually head towards some massive giant crossover where everything is all in one place we have seen a version of this before where uh gosh is it is it now six years ago right at idw the transformers books are chugging along the gi joe books are chugging along not hama's book and uh a couple of writers and editors there realize that they could stitch those two together and the timeline basically works and 
they could also grab the licenses for the other five or so Hasbro brands and make this larger Hasbro first combined universe uh, revolution verse. And so uh, the, the books for like a cycle of, what was it, three years? For a cycle of- Yeah, two, probably. Two or three I think years. it ended in 2018. Okay. So those books each had their own storylines, but every- but every what you know, eight months or so, they came together for a miniseries, right? There's Revolution, there's First Strike, uh, and then there's, and, Uni there, there's Unicron. And well, there's also Revolutionaries. Right, and Revolutionaries is the bridge from Revolution to First Strike and is a way to have a monthly book where like sort of one character from each of those brands is like a team. And- yeah. um. And I think after the sort of um, large scale of revolution that was everyone, right? First Strike was very specifically a G.I. Joe and Transformers story, right? And then um, and then you start to, you know, everyone realizes that Transformers is the biggest seller of all these, right? So there's like the Transformers ROM miniseries, which replaces a ROM series. And there's the Transformers Visionaries series, yep. which is certainly going to sell better than a Visionaries uh, series. And uh, Unicron, which is where it all ends, um, is mostly a Transformers story. And if you sort of squint or like blink every few minutes, you can cut out all the like cameos from like Matt Tracker and Rom and a couple uh, Joe characters. So we have seen this before. And I don't know that I've talked to a lot of uh, G.I. Joe comics readers who really, really liked all of that stuff. And there were a lot of books and they were all four bucks. So it got expensive and you didn't have to read them all, but I'll tell you, having read them all, it was a lot of fun. It was, um, I agree. I read them all too. Yeah. And the, the difference is that um, you didn't have a Robert Kirkman and uh, I can't stress enough these two ideas that I have been that have been rattling around in my head in the last couple of weeks, which is that every single Skybound book looks amazing, right? Design, right? It's like this inside front cover, right? This logo, right? It's like yeah. this logo is about two factions and what's happening to the logo. It's divided in half and it's different colors on other half. And then it's sort of coming together where these two letters that are the same, if one's inverted, are like <laughs> sort of like bouncing off each other with like yeah. an energy lightning thing. Like that's good design. Yeah. And I wow. don't know what this, I don't know what this yeah. font is. It looks like, it looks like Brock, but maybe it's based off of Brock or maybe it's a different font, but this is a really elegant logo design. And that's yeah. and, you just know, they, the logo. And I'm not saying any of the IDW logos were bad, but like every single thing about a Skybound book always looks good. And the final issue is always, always looks as good as the first issue it never falters because like they're running you know they've got deadline troubles or like someone helps draw the final issue you know like the last page isn't colored as well as the first page so that's one point so i'm really confident that how all these books are gonna look sorry josh you want to jump in well i was just saying regarding like your logo talk look i mean everyone has a different color yeah so they didn't just like, you know gi joe is the exact same transformers and generally the exact same logo every time you know, this red, white, and blue and flags and, the, you know, the block letters of Transformers. But like with this, they, they, every, I think every cover I'm looking at them right here, 
I think every cover has a different colors. You know what I mean? Like, so, so they weren't, you know, again, that's design as you were talking about. And I think that really makes it nice when you look at all of them. So yeah, to back up your point, you know, it is a very well-made book, no doubt about it. And then my, the second point, which I can't stress enough is that Kirkman is such a big deal because he writes comics. He's written a lot of comics. They're all good, right? And some of them are great. And I think I think there are people out there who are like, Kirkman's their favorite writer. And then this, this comic, like most comics over time sell less or they, they, you know, like standard attrition is that issue number one, let's forget variant covers for a minute. Issue number one sells like this much. Issue two sells half as much as that because people try it out and don't come back stores by extra because they want to, you know, be ready if it's really good. Issue three sells less than two. Issue four sells less than three. Issue five sells less than four. And then a book, a book's circulation tends to stay about the same after issue five. And over time, it tends to go down a little bit slowly because just people drop off, right? And if you if you think like, well, I don't I don't drop a book after issue five, just ask like your random friend, like how many Harry Potter books they've read. It's like, <laughs> you know people who've read all of them? You've probably met a ton of people who've read the first one and then fewer who've met, who've read two, right. right? And the three, like it just, you know, or like pick any streaming series, right? It's like, we've all started a bunch of series and then some of them we finish because we don't have, we don't have infinite time. So The Walking Dead um, bucked that trend in a really surprising way and sales went up and sales kept going up. And then the graphic novel collections sold really well. And then uh, Skybound did those uh, 50 issue compendia, which like, like the, they didn't invent that format, but they really popularized that format. And those sold like crazy at comic book stores and bookstores. And cause it's such a good deal, even though it's really heavy, right? And then the TV show, right? And it wasn't like, oh, a comic book became a TV show. It's a comic book that no one had ever seen anything like that before becomes a TV show that no one has ever seen anything like, right? It's like, cause we're all used to zombie stories ending after two hours. right? And this is the zombie story that never ends, right? Like Walking Dead is is so innovative in that way. And uh, like, yes, the comic eventually ended. The show has eventually ended. But uh, you know, for for like more than a decade, they weren't. And uh, it didn't just become a show; it became a really good show that was really popular. And like that was the cultural zeitgeist. People were talking about that show when it started. And then it gets two spinoffs, right? And so you have this guy who's who's written a lot of comics and who um, has written good comics and is really popular and his comics sell. And uh, he is not an image founder, but the remaining image founders invite him to be in effect an image founder. Can't, can't be a, a founder. So he's a partner, right? And he's an executive producer on these shows. Uh, you guys know that movie Renfield? with Nicolas Cage and is it Nick Holtz, the guy who plays Yeah, he, he plays a, a Dracula or something. Yeah, so Nicolas Cage plays Dracula. That's a Skybound production and Robert Kirkman generated the story. Oh. Right? And so like, so IDW did a really good job with G.I. Joe and Transformers overall, right? Like good looking books, good stories, um, and a lot of different kinds of books. And, um, but that was like a regular publisher with like 
editors and writers and artists, right? And now you have a Robert Kirkman who's like, there's there's sort of no one like him in comics. Like he's sort of like Eastman and Laird as one person or like Stan Lee <laughs> and Todd McFarlane as one person. Right. right? Um, and this is the guy who goes to Hasbro, right? And again, it's not just him, it's a company, right? Like right. Read, read the mastheads, Skybound has several employees. This is the guy who goes to Hasbro and says, I want GI Joe and I want Transformers. And then someone says it's him or it's Hasbro or they come to it together. Uh, Kirkman is gonna write a book with all new characters that Hasbro owns because- Right, because the, yeah, I saw that too. You know, can so, you go? Can you go full screen on me? Floyd Rivals is a trademark of Hasbro, and used with permission. Uh, Hasbro. I'm just reading that one sentence of, of Indisha, and I don't know how the deal actually works. You know, mm. how much Kirkman gets paid, how much he paid for the license, and again, it's not him; it's the company. Um, I don't know if Hasbro wants to make Void Rivals toys. I don't know if this, you know, story is going to. I don't know anything, but um, this is really different. A lot of it is very similar to what IDW did with a shared universe, but it's really different in a lot of interesting ways. And even if you don't like GI Joe meeting Transformers, even if you don't like uh, like having having quote to buy a lot of other books to get your GI Joe druthers, um, like this is this is a big deal. This guy and. And this is this yeah like as you say this is this is Hasbro and Kirkman coming together and he's saying I'm going to create you a brand new universe with a whole new set of characters me the guy who you know did that thing Walking Dead and that other really uh, sort of successful thing Invincible uh, and I'm going to create you some great IP that you can actually use so are we going you know we, are we going to see Void Rivals you know cartoon are we going to see a Void Rivals film or or or, or toys in conjunction with Hasbro down the, the line. Uh, he has Kirkman said, uh, I'm so excited to see Zertonians and Agorians being mentioned alongside Cybertronians and Quintessons. I can't wait for you to see how Duke, uh, Cobra Commander, Destro, see weaving this world seamlessly. As this series progresses, you'll get to see the Sacred Ring discover a whole new cast of characters that resides there, as well as a ton of familiar faces that will crop up along the way when you least expect it. The series continues my goal of bringing new ideals, dears into this world while allowing me to play in the sandbox I've loved for many years. So he's, you know, he's not going to just be there to pick up Hasbro's existing toys and play with them. He's he's creating and and really expanding the existing Hasbro universe as we know it into this new thing, the Energon um, universe. So, so it's, I, yeah, very exciting. And obviously he's a, he's a guy who can create universes, right? And, you know, I don't know when it was, it was a long time ago, but Hasbro had this whole bragging thing where we brought all these cool, you know, writers into a writing room and they were going to make these universes and books. I don't know, maybe he's right around the time Rise of Cobra came out or whatever. But uh, like, you know, so Hasbro has tried to do this, but like, I don't think they had the right people. But then maybe Kirkman and maybe he did a little bit of research and said, hey, look, IDW's license is expiring. Hire me or give me the deal or whatever. You know what I mean? And in 2021, when it when when IDW announced that they were ending and then so he's had like a year, almost maybe two years 
to work on it, which is also possible that Hasbro's had two years to build toys for whatever he's doing. You know what I mean? Um, you know, IDW finished their run in December, but it doesn't mean that he wasn't already working on it or something like that. You know, they were just finishing whatever their deal was and then his deal started. But, you know, I wouldn't had a long time to work on this stuff. I wouldn't go. I think from a, I think from a getting ahead of schedule perspective, it's fun to imagine Skybound and Hasbro collaborating and working on this going back many, many months. But from a legal perspective, uh, IDW's license, we think, ran through the end of 2022. Right. And, which means Skybound's license did not begin until the beginning of 2023. So, you know, if Kirkman felt really confident, maybe he was writing a bunch of these scripts and having his company hire artists and writers to do these books. Um, but but what they, if, may, they may not be sort of as ahead on this as we think. What if two or three years ago, Hasbro actually created the whole Void Rivals concept and was trying to shop it around to sell it <laughs> behind the scenes? And so this is has because Hasbro owns it. Again, maybe it came out of those writers' rooms and stuff like that. You know, they were trying to figure out what to do with the crossover universes and all that stuff. So maybe this is a Hasbro-driven thing to start with. Hence why they own it. And, and then they hired Kirkman and Kirkman's like, hell yeah, I get to do a whole new universe. I mean, it could be that that way we're, we're thinking that Kirkman started, but what if Hasbro started it? You know, I think that's I mean, possible, I, yeah. but less likely. I mean, Kirkman's Kirkman's the idea guy. And if you want someone creating lots of ideas and characters and stuff, he's, he's the guy you'd want to be leading right. that. If in terms of the Hasbro aspect, their, I think their guiding hand would be more along the lines of we're looking for pitches and we'd like you to pitch to us. And right. when you're creating that pitch, think about how that shared universe concept might work. And and so if if they were going to sort of be leaning into that shared universe, um, it would be probably less about these are the characters you need to use that we've created already and do something with them. It would probably be more like we want to do something exciting with a hasbro universe right how I mean, would you approach like that 1982 where they're like okay here's the toys hammer make your characters <laughs> out of them you know it's a blank toy with no no name or nothing and then you know they're like maybe they already have some toys already and they're like hey come in here's here's your toys make your make, make your story and then you know it it, it, it evolves along the lines of Kirkman makes up like the Baroness, just like Hammond did. And then they make a Baroness toy or vice versa. They're like, you know, here's blowtorch, you know, go do something with blowtorch, <laughs> you know, and then he throws them in there once or something like that. You know, so maybe, <laughs> it's, maybe it's a combination of both like that. You know what I mean? Like where, where it really is a Hasbro, because the more I think, I think about it, when you look around, like they're really, pushing this cross universe but but they they want to sell toys so here's why josh here's why i don't think that hasbro has been working on void rivals toys because no one knows what void rivals is yet and no one cares right. about it no and, i know and developing toys is so expensive and Hasbro's pretty cautious about that it's like they're sort of making like surefire hits you know they keep making another mm -hmm. duke another cobra commander another bumblebee another optimus prime and they're doing less of the um, obscure characters and new characters. Right. So I'm sure everyone is thinking, 
hmm, maybe Void Rivals toys, but um, like it, it would cost so much money for Hasbro to make a Void Rivals toy or toy line for something that is sort of like it's only existed for a week. Right. Um, so, but it, okay. Is it possible that there's some like stealth San Diego Comic-Con exclusive coming next month that's like a G.I. Joe figure that's recolored with a new head as a Void Rivals figure and I'm wrong and you're right. Uh, I think that's possible. I think it's I think it's a ways off before we see Void Rivals toys. I think Hasbro is going to let this universe right um Take organically off. build yeah. for you know six months at least before sort of encouraging us to you know spend even more money on this on this uh, universe <laughs> and well yeah the, again it, it it clearly is hasbro's approach right now you know what i mean like let's build you know they want to build a universe everybody does you know marvel's the only company has really successfully done it every all these other you know, the monster universe with Universal and DC's a mess. And you know what I mean? All these different companies have tried it. And Marvel's the only one that succeeded. And Hasbro's starting it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's all about for them. It's selling toys and having their brands be popular. So, you know, and, and you know, and they, they're giving us Hammers 301 and beyond. So they're still giving the comic guys the same stuff. I'm sure it'll be interesting beyond that, but like, you know, that's a whole other story. Well, but they're still giving us that. So I, I don't know. That was just my original thought when, when this was coming out, I'm like, and then all of a sudden, you know, I went and saw the movie the, the day after Joe Fest, after learning about this. And I'm like, Oh my God, like they're totally going for, you know, crossing over everything. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, only one issue in, and I probably and I think that they probably could do a better job with a Void Rivals movie if they get the yeah. right people on it compared to uh, compared to some of the uh, some of the Transformers and GI Joe movies. But getting getting back to the back to the comic, what I sort of you know, it's great that we've got Kirkman on it, and he's you know he's one of the best writers there in 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 comics. And what I found was that uh, we've gone into this blank, not really knowing or expecting a huge um, amount. And uh, and he's introduced this, built this world, and it's sort of been done very deftly. You know, there's a lot of you know back and forth in the dialogue, and sort of seeding that that's uh, seeding very skillfully concepts from that world. Talking about the rivalries between the two races, you know, that interplay with his hand droid and all these kind of things. So um, we've had an exciting, you know, exciting kind of issue with the crash landing, this concentration between these two characters, them, you know, working together to, to sort of try and um, build these ships uh, and through all of that interplay, sort of, somehow we sort of started caring about these characters, caring about the, the universe that they're in and beginning to sort of stitch together, you know, this concept of the, this rival uh, rivalry between their, their two cultures and the mystery of of the fact that actually underneath their helmets they they look like they they're basically the the same and and leaving it as Kirkman is wont to do on a on a great cliffhanger which make makes you uh, want more and I certainly you know finishing this issue it did make me think okay we've got Jetfire in it he's left that's okay will GI Joe will Transformers be in the next issue maybe I don't know. 
but actually i don't mind I, this is a great comic and i'm i'm excited to read the next uh next issue um regardless so my ish, my my question i guess is for for josh as a as a hardcore joe fan um n- not knowing whether gi joe might uh, ever appear in this comic um and and probably not in issue two um how does that make you feel about uh collecting it are you are you still all in just because of this shared universe concept or or do you think um do you think that that you'd ever be on the fence and go hmm maybe maybe i won't maybe well i won't stop uh keep on collecting this well uh, i you know as a gi joe completist with a massive gi joe collection like I, I never can have enough GI Joe, <laughs> so th- th- that means I'll probably keep getting it. But like, for, back to the the IDW continuity that Tim was talking about earlier with like revolutionaries, there was a Transformers comic called Lost Lost Light that never ever even made it to Earth, and it was part of that universe, and they tied it in. And I stayed with it for a little while, and I ended up getting like one issue at first. I was getting all the covers and. And I, I really faded because it never, ever even got close to tying in. So I had like the whole last half, just one. But the first few issues, I got every cover. And then I was like, well, this is pointless. So like if, if they never really get to G.I. Joe, which there's no way they're not doing that. But, um, you know, unless I guess the, unless the space, if they never go to space or whatever, then I, I might peter out. But I probably won't. I mean, uh, it's exciting to me. I'm very excited about all this new stuff and things. I mean, as much as, as much as, you know, I love the Larry Hammond stuff and, you know, hopefully he does make it to number 400. You know what I mean? It'd be awesome. But, you know, there, there is a time limit on his stories there. And now we have a whole new universe. And so we get best of both worlds. That's yeah. And there, there is something exciting about it just being new and different and not knowing what on earth to expect as well. I want to offer two, uh, counter views. Um, I liked everything about this comic. Uh, and I do like the two leads costumes, but I do think their costumes are missing something. I mean, they've got these cool masks and they've got these cool Mm -hmm. hand things and glove things. Their costumes, uh, I mean, I I don't know anything about their cultures, um, but, you know, flipping through the issue, um, uh, their their costumes seem to each be missing one and a half things. And I don't know if it's like uh, one more bandolier or like strap on their legs or a backpack. I I sound like a G.I. Joe collector, right? I think I need one more color or one more sort of identifier in the way that like, uh, here's an analogy, right? If you um, if you imagine uh, the Jim Lee era of X-Men, Cyclops' costume is, I think, a modified S.H.I.E.L.D. costume, right? When Nick Fury shows up in like Uncanny 274, Nick Fury's wearing like blue spandex with lots of white straps on it. And... Uh, Cyclops has the same blue and then his yellow straps uh, for uh, X-Men number one. But uh, Cyclops has his cool visor and um, the the thing on his chest, right? The, le- the, the red X-Men logo over his last left peck comes down from the shoulder, crosses uh, over his right peck. Um, if you compare those two guys, Nick Fury drawn by Jim Lee 
1991 and Cyclops drawn by Jim Lee in 1991. Cyclops's costume has enough. It's it's got some identifiers. Nick Fury, I know he's got an eye patch and a stogie uh, and some gray hair, but from the neck down, I like that drawing. I like that costume, but that costume isn't exciting. And so there's my analogy. I look at these two guys, uh, these two characters in Void Rivals, and I I want them each to have one more thing uh, going on in their costume. Um, so and that's my that's my small moment. What are you what are you holding up, Josh? Uh, the Just, one where they're both together on the full size. So you you know yeah I mean there's very similar and I think maybe that's on purpose due to the story. You yeah. know but but you know there are there you're right they don't have the Robert Atkins gear gear artwork <laughs> aspect. And um, look but looking at their again, costumes. Not, yeah. Looking at their costumes as well, they're, uh, you know, the, the, the detail of the costume is, is missing like a logo yeah. or some iconography or like a symbol. And, and we often sort of, as G.I. Joe fans, are expecting to see something like that, like a, an awful lot of the G.I. Joe costumes has got yeah, you're right. very not striking different. that you can immediately lock lock onto. And I, not, I, not just a G.I. Joe fan, but, you know, comics fans. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like Darth Vader's face and the control panel on his chest or the X-Men yeah. logo. Um, I think this is starting to happen a little bit with the green uh, sort of, it's like shaped like the letter U on uh what's what's her name the zertonian so, solera or so, solera so she's Solia. got yeah. Solia. Solia. so she, she's Solia. got something and then the guy has uh this in uh in a couple panels he has a circle emblem on uh on his left jacket peck so there's starting to be something um anyway okay so that's a small thing um after this comic came out, I talked to uh, my manager at my store and uh, my three-day-a-week guy. I talked to Jesse and Dave, uh, or I guess I talked to Jesse, and Jesse uh, told me what he thought and paraphrased what Dave thought. And it was this. I was like, what did you guys think of the comic? And the reaction was, um, well, uh, there are these two people trapped on a, you know, a moon or an asteroid or whatever it is, a planet, and... Uh, they have this cooperation and conflict. And then this transformer shows up and leaves. And that feels like it sticks <laughs> out like a sore thumb and is a weird tease and doesn't lead anywhere. It's not like he stays and helps them get off. It's not like they turn him off and use his fuel and they get away. He's there for three pages and then he leaves. Like, what, Cybertron? Goodbye. And so to my two employees who are not big, crazy Transformers fans, uh, this felt like um, it sort of it, it sort of stuck out and it it didn't really add to the story. And maybe your counter, Mark and Josh, is, well, it gave them the idea to like try and reconfigure their own equipment. And I think my two employees would say, yeah, that's not enough. So it felt for them uh, tacked on. And Dave, I think said uh, like, oh, I, I don't wanna read this anymore. <laughs> they're gonna be, tra they're gonna be but, transformers walking around and dave doesn't dislike transformers he really likes beast wars and beast machines so he can stay but um uh <laughs> a terrible joke uh dave's great um uh, but, it's all generational um they, <laughs> but mike uh, so my I, 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 I want to be aware 
uh, that uh, actually Dave's older than me and he really likes Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Um, I just want to be aware that um, there may be some Kirkman fans out there who aren't necessarily G.I. Joe or Transformers fans who thought they were getting another, you know, Oblivion song, Outcast, Walking Man. <laughs> and they read this and they're like, wait, what? Oh. And so we three can be really excited. Um, we should be patient and kind to <laughs> sort of like people yeah. who aren't Joe and Transformers fans who might be like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, uh, one of those GI Joes and Transformers ruining this uh, new universe. <laughs> and 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 I'm I'm completely biased. And I was so excited. And you know, Jesse says, I, I think the scene with with Jetfire doesn't work because he leaves. And I thought, I think you might be right, but I can't find it in myself to uh, agree with you. But you know, also this is is one issue with uh, something like twenty pages. So. You can only do so much in the space of one issue, and I would bet that uh, that Jetfire will be back. I think I would expect so, he'll be a is, part of a bigger story. Is the counter here probably that? So, putting on my manager Jesse's cap for a minute, is the counter that this first issue tried to do too much, and Jetfire is one thing too many, whether or not he's going to be back? Because, like, of course, we're reading this as. 20 or 22 pages of a larger story, but it does need to um, function as a first issue on its own. And it certainly did for me, but I was, yep. I'm was i ready to be uh, catered to. There, there's well, a story that Kirkman tells about um, creating Invincible, and this is a bit of a spoiler for people who haven't watched the cartoon or haven't read Invincible, so just skip ahead if, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. Um, essentially, you know, one of the big twists and one of the things that makes Invincible so exciting is that uh, Invincible's father, um, uh, Omni-Man, is a superhero, very similar to Superman, but he, you know, ostensibly is a baddie. And um, that's simplifying things. And he, and Kirkman was going to, you know, very much thinking, I'm going to be doing some world building, I'm going to be talking about this new world, this new, you know, lead character and becoming a superhero and this turn this you know this twit plot twist maybe i'll get to that year two issue 15 or something and uh you know a fellow creator said to him you're not gonna get to issue 15 without putting in this this big idea early you're gonna be cancelled by then or people will have stopped reading you're gonna have to bring that way forward uh and which is that is what he 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 did so um Part of this void, void rivals and part of the marketing and you know impact of it is that it's the new uh energy on universe and i think if he didn't have anything in it in that first issue um people would have turned off uh, so so th those people that they're wanting to get in as part of those transformers fans those Joe's okay fans. so playing 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 devil's advocate to that comment all right so if you if you jumped ahead because of the invincible Spoiler, you can come back, right? We're talking again and it's open. <laughs> um, uh, instead of four pages, four precious pages. And again, I love this comic. Instead of four precious pages with Jetfire, what if it had been half a page where they find like an Autobot sigil and they say, what's this? And then they keep going with their fighting and they get the idea to use their tech and their, right? And then you get three and a half pages back for these two uh, new characters. But yes, I, I think you make a good point that um, 
if if any sort of Kirkman fans who aren't necessarily Hasbro fans read this and now they're out, well, it's only been one issue and they're like, well, I tried a first issue and I don't want to follow it anymore, so I'm out. It's not like they invested 11 issues and then Optimus Prime shows up and they're like, wait a minute, I've been <laughs> wait here for a minute. year, how dare you? Absolutely. Well, um, the other thing- my, I my guess is, is that the pull list of comic shops all over the place when this announced all got phone calls saying i want void rivals in my box and they were transformers fans and gi joe fans who would have never put it in their pull box so you know that means probably issues two and three might actually go up more because there's these two new fandoms in there i mean there's probably ten thousand gi joe fans who buy every gi joe book and they might not buy every cover but they're buying every book so there might be 10,000 extra people who said, I want it in my pull box, you know, for just I, I know, G.I. Joe. I know that at our store after this reveal, uh, my manager and I did a quick, you know, head to head. Oh, we should cross this to our Transformers subscribers. Like, like let's pull issue one, put it in their, in their file, in their bag, in their box. Right. Let's, you know, send them an email. Like, oh, had you heard of this news? This is going to have Transformers in it. We're, we're going to subscribe you to it. Do you want us to not subscribe you to it? And they all said yes, probably, right? Uh, people take a few days to get back to us when we send that kind of email. Right. But ultimately, I mean, I think that's probably what's happened. So issues two and three will have, you know, higher pull box sales, at least. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a reasonable assumption. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. Shall because we, a lot, shall yeah, we... a lot of people will have missed it. Yeah, for sure. The you know all of those people who didn't realize the the wider context and for this surprise reveal, and now they've put it on their their list. I wanted to mention just one other uh, thing that I'd noticed because we talked about uh, Transformers Fire in the Sky. Um, the the other parallel I've heard people mention is this Enemy oh, Mine. Um, yeah, so Enemy Mine is like a nineteen. 19- a 1985 science fiction uh, film directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um, it's uh, based on a novel of the same name. It stars Dennis uh, Quaid, uh, who also deals with uh, aliens later on in his career as uh, the president, doesn't he? Uh, and Louis Gossett Jr. as uh, the alien soldier. Uh, they become stranded together on an inhospitable planet and must overcome their mutual distrust in order to cooperate and survive. So uh, just wanted That's to point out that, uh, yeah. that parallel there didn't, to uh, the, this new didn't story. Didn't Louis Gossett Jr. win his Oscar for that film? Really? No, I wow. think he won for the Officer no, Officer and a Gentleman, right, of course. Uh, <laughs> that seems more Oscar-worthy, to be honest. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't Dennis Quaid go on to be a G.I. Joe character himself in a movie? Man. I sure wish you could, we could pull Dennis Quaid out of that, out of that GI Joe movie and put him in a really, really good GI Joe movie. Because I really like, really like Dennis Quaid as a GI Joe actor character. Um, uh, yes. See, I think just goes to show I've scrubbed my mind of some of these memories. Yeah. And <laughs> I, honestly, I remember seeing that movie. I think in the theater, but I definitely watched it on video quite a few times, thinking it was pretty awesome. So I, but I hadn't even thought of that regard to Void Rivals. So I think that's actually probably maybe in Kirkman's brain up there somewhere with, along with all the rest of us. 
<laughs> yeah, even if not conscious, then the subconscious uh, away yeah. there some somewhere. I think the the uh, the similarity to Fire in the Sky is is definitely a little Easter egg, but um, that that one who who knows. Um, I saw someone make this interesting point um, when commenting on the the book. They said that uh, Transformers and GI Joe is is particularly in the cartoons this very binary war of a constant battle between the good guys and the bad guys. And in in Boy with Rivals, we're kind of introduced to that of these two warring factions. Uh, but at least in the first issue, uh, they're already deconstructing the idea that they are. Uh, they could somehow find common ground and uh, work together, <laughs> even if possibly, uh, even possibly the uh, the the races will take a bit, a little bit longer to to turn around. I mean, in, in the after action report books, I've for all three volumes, I've tracked the crossover history between Transformers and GI Joe. Through, you know, Marvel era, DDP era. You know, the Hasbro stuff uh, in the early two thousands and late. 2010s and then in the volume three it, it follows up and it deals a little bit more with the idw continuity that crossover so i mean it's a long history of crossover with this stuff and you know mixing everything in so you it's there uh i um in the way that uh mark to your last point that we are not meeting these two new characters in their big like binary war battlefield uh it's sort of like get ready, GI Joe cartoon fans. It's sort of like if your first episode of GI Joe were the 1986 episode in the presence of mine enemies, where Slipstream, pilot of the Conquest, and codename Raven, a knight, uh, a Strato Viper who is female, uh, have to work together, separate from the larger GI Joe Cobra conflict on uh, some kind of like. Uh, base on out in the ocean where I think there's a monster and they have to work together to survive. Uh, I think it's a Dr. Mindbender experiment that goes awry. And uh, the episode is a little bit separate from the larger, you know, Joe and Cobra tanks and planes uh, smashing it against each other. So kind of an enemy mind right there in the animated world of G.I. Joe. Quote of the week, quote of the week. Quote of the week, quote of the week. Yeah, I was just going to say my favorite line of dialogue this this week was uh, from Android, Drat. Very good. My favorite line is it's from the Jetfire, and he goes, "And is that wind erosion?" But that would mean I've yeah. been standing here for millions of years. He can determine that he's got wind erosion. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Was I did love that moment. <laughs> My favorite line of dialogue is not dialogue, it's copy, it's text. Uh, at the bottom of the ad on the inside back cover, the artist for the Duke miniseries is identified as Tom Riley. And even though some things had been spoiled for me in the days right before I read this comic, that one, I think, Mark, even a even a message from you that I started to read and then said, no, 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 I'm going to I'm going to read Mark's <laughs> after I the comic because I think he's including photos of the ads at the end. Um, uh, that was my favorite uh, words, printed words in this comic, because Tom Riley is such a good artist. And I did not hmm. think that a Tom Riley would draw G.I. Joe. And in December, we're going to get it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that. I mean that. This is the most exciting page of the book, right? The 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 very oh, yeah. one of the very final ones with uh, um, Optimus Prime on it because you know Transformers from Daniel Warren Johnson is very exciting in itself. That's October, but we've got the first two GI Joe titles, uh, Duke Issue One by Joshua Williamson, who's a big deal in DC Comics. Tom Riley, who's a, a great up and coming, exciting artist from the likes of uh, Thing from um, Marvel uh, and Cobra Commander one from Joshua Williamson again. So yeah, keeping things consistent, which can be good. Uh, world building and uh, Andrea Milan- uh, Milana, who uh, is is more of a newcomer, but um, based on what I've seen, looks very good. And I'm sure they've picked this person because uh, they've got very exciting art. So, um, you know, good, big things. And, and these, these books, uh, obviously December, 2023 and uh, January 2024 will be our first brand new uh, Skybound uh, Energon Universe G.I. Joe books. Mark Mark and I have spent many minutes in the last year <laughs> talking about the end of the IDW era, the transition, yeah. not knowing, and the beginning of whatever comes next. And someone asked us recently, was it worth the wait? And... <laughs> Uh, yes, yes, it was the the I mean, reveal. It's really, only been six months since we, you know, December. You know what I mean? Since we had the yes. number three hundred, so it but, really hasn't been that long. It's just been a long time since we knew that the publisher was. But but also considering that for fifteen years I have had a like weekly or twice monthly yeah. dose of GI Joe and Transformers comics, and more than one. These six months uh, have seemed like uh, like quite yeah. A it's probably the longest stretch since the '90s when there hasn't been a GI Joe comic. Because I don't, I don't think between Devils Do and and uh, the issue zero was six months. The last issue, because you know, like issue America's Elite thirty six ended, and then no, no, number zero for the IDW, and then in January of, was that two thousand nine. I don't think there was six months. So yeah, this would be the longest time frame of which there was no gi joe comic book at all coming out and and again not just the not just the weight but being worth the weight right everything right. we said in the last two hours <laughs> what what a fun exciting crazy reveal and yeah. these upcoming plans uh seem so uh exciting so uh great issue uh enjoyed it i'm gonna give it uh an eight what's your score tim um Taking into account the surprise and my feelings of childhood, childlike delight and joy, uh, at nine. Hmm. Big from Tim and Josh. We don't know what a benchmark score for you would normally be, but what would you score it? Uh. Well, I mean, again, many of the things we talked about, I would say, uh, in the nine or eight, eight maybe eight point five. Can I do point fives? <laughs> yeah, we we allow point five. So let's say 8.5, mostly because, you know, the, you know, again, many of the things are kind of like, you know, where is it going? Where is it going? What is it doing? And it's, it's setting it up. So it would be higher if, if maybe he did a little bit more setup, but he left us with two good cliffhangers and two good reveals. That's what I liked about it. Excellent stuff. So, so I think we are finally done with void talking void rivals one, uh, 
If we do another one of these of Void Arrival, it will be covering issue two. Uh, the the next one is due out 19th of July, which is uh, not too far away uh, for those who have been patiently waiting months and months for comics. So, uh, And all the while, the countdown to 301 and uh, the, the next issues of G.I. Joe in the new universe continues. Um, so let's ask what you, where, where we can find you when you're not talking to me about Hasbro crossover universes. Tim, where can people find you? Video essays on TV and film at our YouTube page, Atomic Abe Productions. My brick and mortar comic book store is Hub Comics in Somerville, Massachusetts. And I write about G.I. Joe at a realamericanbook.com. Very good, Tim. Um, and uh, Josh, over to you. Uh, what is the main thing that you want to plug at the moment and where can people find you? Those are my books that I'm author of with Roger Taft. We've been on this show before, uh, After Action Report, Volume 1, 2, and 3. And then the Command Files, uh, G.I. Joe Character Guide book is also... Those will, uh, the volume three and command files will be available probably in September. Um, AfterActionReport.net, if you want to buy volume one and two. And we got a lot more plans coming for 2024 and 25 for more After Action Report books. Very so. good. Yes. I do recommend getting on the After Action train because, uh, very, very interesting stuff as well as helping you understand all of the comics that are out there. Uh, you can find uh, us over at talkingjoe.co.uk, which is the website that signposts you to all of the places where we are. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on Patreon. Big thanks to all of our backers, Richard, Sam, Jay, Bill, Christopher, Justin, Rob, Brian and Shane. They're getting early access to episodes as well as exclusive content. But uh, that, I believe, is us done. And uh, Josh, you are welcome to join in with the song <laughs> as we say that. Nobody beats Talking Joe, an international podcast. From the UK and the US. <laughs> Excellent stuff. <laughs> we'll see you later. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. I love it. I love talking comics. <laughs>